0: Bill Ripken from the MLB Network has a new book out, State of Play. Let's talk to him about it and what's going on in baseball as spring training games are underway. Bill, how are you? Hello,
1: Bill. I'm doing well. How are you guys doing today? We are doing well as well, and thanks for taking time to to join the show this morning. Hey, listen, the book had to have been written before all this Houston Astro scandal uh, broke and everything. What's your take on the situation down there? This is such an odd time.
2: Well, it is very odd, and I think we've seen something that we haven't seen before, and I think everybody in the world of baseball understands that the uh, Houston Astros went above and beyond, uh, shall we say, the normal limitations of competition and uh, started doing some stuff with some CIA operatives out there in the outfield. The only thing not sophisticated about their system was banging a trash can. Sure. Um, That's kind of odd in the situation that they did it, but they went to extra measures. Uh, to carry out, uh, shall we say, above and beyond what we normally see in baseball. You know, Bill. It, part of me,
0: you know, back when you played with the Pedro Martinez, I could see Pedro hitting an Astro player or Randy Johnson going high and tight at a Astro player. With the new Major League Baseball players, are a pitcher going to go after the Astros and are they going to get? Because I know there's a like an over under of something like 89 that players get hit this year. But will
2: will pitchers retaliate against them? Well, you you started it off by saying back in the day and you mentioned a couple guys that certainly would have put a baseball in somebody's rib cage if they thought they were completely cheated. I can't speak on behalf of uh the current uh day pitcher, um, but I will say this that memories of players and how we went at bat went about certain at bats. For example, uh, it might not be the pitch that got hit up on the train tracks in Minute Maid Park. It might have been two pitches before that where he th- thought he threw a nasty pitch that might have been the one to, to get a swing and a miss and a punchy on, and the guy didn't even offer at it. So I know some defenders of the Astros say things like, well, they still have to hit it. What's the big deal? Well, I swung and missed my fair share of sliders in the dirt because the slider looks like a fastball. Absolutely. So if I would have known that slider was coming, maybe I wouldn't have swung at it. and Maybe I would have gotten another pitch. So it is definitely a game changer to have that. And I can imagine some pitchers in today's game are going back through their memory banks and kind of coming up with at-bats where they completely felt like they were cheated. And
0: what about, too, when we're talking with Bill Ripken from the MLB Network and the book is State of Play. So what about a guy like Garrett Cole? He's with the Astros, and I know he's not a hitter, but he's there. And then he sides with the Yankees. (laughs) I mean, that's super weird, isn't it?
2: Uncomfortable. Well, we still have an investigation going on with the Red Sox. and We just saw a couple players go out to L.A., that beat the Dodgers. So, yeah, I think the situation um, is definitely a a weird one. Um, I think players on those teams that got those stars, because they are stars, will quickly forget. But if I'm one of those players, i got to be walking by Garrett Cole's locker early in spring training and say, dude, come on, man, tell me some stuff here because – I'm starting to fume over this and maybe you can help me put some of this at ease or at least make me fume more. I don't know, but I think you almost have to. It's human nature to ask your new teammates, you know, what was going on. Yeah, and
1: the irony is Verlander ends up down in Houston and that was already in you know, they were already doing it when he arrived and the last thing he wanted to do with his new you know, million-dollar teammates was be a rat, so he was in a bad position because he was always kind of the sheriff, bitching about every little, you know, the different uh, difference in the baseballs and everything. That had to be a tough situation for him, but he didn't speak up.
2: No, and, and it's a tough situation all the way around. Uh, I've been asked that question: What would you have done as a player? And I said I can't speak to that because it's just too hypothetical. But I do know this: When I got called up to the big leagues with the Orioles in 1987. I'm playing in between Cal and Eddie. And those two guys went out there and led by example and played 162 games almost every year. Well, we know Cal did, but Eddie was in the bold print too with games played during the course of the year. So I had the good fortune of having influence like that. And that was a very young team. And as you said it, Verlander came over halfway through 17 and that stuff was already going on. So it's, it's really hard for a pitcher no matter what that pitcher is, to kind of come into a situation where if the position players and there was a savvy vet in charge, maybe in Beltron, if he's truly in charge and he's running the system, I don't think a pitcher had any chance to come in and stop it.
1: Well, yeah. Bill, uh, Bill Ripken is with us this morning from the uh, MLB Network here. And the book, Stay to Play, the Old School Guide to New School Baseball. We didn't get a copy in advance of this interview, so I apologize. But I'm going to assume the old school guide, you're not an analytic guy, or are
2: you? Well, it, it all depends how you define analytic. I believe that nowadays every bit of uh, information that's coming into the game is now referred to as analytics. But I define an old-school guy as an intelligent baseball person using numbers and information to come up with a plan to go play. And I believe that definition, by the very essence, is analytical. So I wrote the book because I just want people to understand that old-school guys never just threw bats and balls on the field, and we went out there with just sheer gut instinct and played. We've always had a plan and will continue to do so.
1: Very interesting. Yeah, that really is. Hey, Bill, are you buying— I guess it only makes sense, though, that there would have always been a plan. Yeah, Yeah, you're
0: right. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, we're smack dab in the middle of Cleveland and Cincinnati, and you look at what some of the teams are doing in the NL Central, and I really—you know, the Cubs are—it seems like they blame it on Madden, and the Pirates are down. The Cardinals always seem to pull it out, but boy, I really— am I too optimistic on the Reds this year? I really like what they did.
2: Well, they've certainly been the team in the NL Central to do something. And if you look at that division, Milwaukee has been up at the top and in the playoffs. The Cubs have been good. The Cardinals have been good. But those three teams really haven't done anything. So I think that the Reds made some strides last year, um, and I think there are additions this year. And there's no reason to think that in that muddled NLC, NL Central that we can't actually say the Reds have as good a chance as anybody – to win the NL Central. Now, that doesn't mean they will, but I think they've put themselves in a spot to at least uh, for us to have the conversation that they, they've got to be at the top of the list as far as discussions on winning that division.
0: Yeah. Hey, what about Cleveland? Because they're in a situation with Lindor where, all right, they might be able to afford them and get them them a big deal, but then you can't do anything else with that team. They got young arms right now under team control. This really, you know, the Twins came on last year. This Indians team is just a real big mystery.
2: They are a mystery. And I don't think Minnesota, even though they got better, I don't think that's going to equate in the win-loss column. Because I don't think, like I saw their, their 101 last year, they still might win 95. But uh, I, I look at Cleveland and I'm very interested to see how this Lindor thing is going to play out because it's a weird state that the game's in right now. Um, if you look at the three top money earners last year, as far as position players were concerned, it was Harper, Machado, and Trout. None of those guys were in the playoffs last year. And I think when you get to a certain point, and Cleveland has tried to re sign um, Lindor, from what I've understood and maybe the numbers haven't gotten big enough, but you really do handcuff yourself when these guys get to a free agent market and they're going to get paid so much money. You know, what else can you do? And I'm not crying the blues for the owners because they got some bank. I get that. But is it the best way to build a team by throwing a lot of glue at one dude and then trying to just put pieces together around them? I'm not so sure because last year kind of shows you that maybe it's not.
0: Yeah, and you can get Bill's while- book now, State of Play. That's out, we should mention, and see Bill on the uh, MLB Network. And
1: while we talk to the uh, Indians in the AL Central, you retired with my Detroit Tigers. Are they going to be the worst team in the league again? Probably. Yeah, I'm
2: not so sure I retired as a Detroit Tiger. I think the 98 Tigers fired me. And then I decided if the 98 Tigers get rid of you, maybe you should pick up the phone and call other people. Yes. You know, they're they're, they're going to be rough. Um, I think that uh, Baltimore, Detroit, yeah. I think when you look at the American League, uh, is certainly going to be two teams that are going to wear it a little bit this year. But history has shown us, and I think if you go back to when the uh, wildcard era became into play and you look at teams that have gone to multiple World Series over those, that time period, they're all built through the draft. So for Detroit, for the Orioles, you don't miss your draft picks in these next few years coming up. You've got to get a core of players that you can develop around uh, in the minor leagues. You've got to get a core of players you can bring to the big league level so when it's time and you're close to looking right, you can make a couple additional free agent moves to do it. So the draft is going to be very big for the Orioles and the Tigers over these next three years.
0: Hey, Bill, when you played, how much pressure was on you? Because your brother, you get called up and your brother's an established star and your dad eventually becomes the manager of Baltimore. For you, I mean, you played a long time in the major leagues, but how much pressure was behind it when you get called up of them expecting to be like your brother?
2: Well, I, I think it was more pressure and you felt more angst by the 750 player, uh, people in the stands and A ball that come to watch you play on a given night because that's the fair share of abuse you took and you kind of felt more pressure. Uh, I was fortunate. I mean, I, uh, lifetime 250 hitter. I never hit 250. I hit either 290 or 216. That was kind of a little <laughs> bit inconsistency there, but I got called up to the big leagues. I hit 308 in my first 58 games in the big leagues. Uh, for the Orioles, so when you come up and do that, as your father being the manager, if you're hitting 300, you don't deal with the manager anyway. Yeah, um, you kind of own your own program. The fact that Junior was established, I just thought it was one of the coolest things going. So when I got to the big leagues, I didn't feel necessarily that pressure. Um, if people were looking at me. And saying things like, you'll never be as good as your brother. Well, yeah, you're right. Uh, How many people are in the Hall of Fame for a reason? So my father was very good influencing me as a young player. And he would say things like, and this is not being mean, he would say things like, you are not him. You cannot do some of the things that he can do. And some people in the parenting world might go, oh, my gosh, what is that? He was just being really real. And then he would clean it up and say, but if you find that you do the things that you do well, you're going to find in most cases that's going to turn out okay. So the fact that I have over 10 years of service time in the big leagues, I think he was right
0: you know bill uh so i collected baseball cards and you know your brother's rookie card is worth a lot of money it's a great card to have and settle this because there's so many rumors about your your f face card of the 89 flare on the knob of the back what's the story behind that because at one time that was like one of the hottest baseball cards going
2: well, okay so i'm gonna go old school and new school on you at the same time okay. right here with this story all okay. right. the old school thing would be my father would say all right son that was 1989. You don't have to talk about that anymore. You've done some pretty good things. The new school would say every one of your listeners has that thing called the Google. And that story is out there and it's live. So do a little research on it because the story is out there. <laughs> okay, but is
0: the story true, though, about that it was uh, you, didn't, you did it on purpose?
2: Because um, there's different stories. I've always heard asked. that you were pranked. Oh, I, I wasn't pranked. It was my writing, but okay. it was not for the purpose of a photo. Okay, yeah, it was just to, those, to
1: distinguish those are the that
2: bat. you need to know moving forward. Okay, because okay,
1: <laughs> I agree with you on
0: Google, because I always say on the air, Bill, Google is your friend. But sometimes when you get a story, you read like eight different versions of a story, and you're like, "Well, what's the truth, man? You know, you know what
2: I mean?" All right. So recap. Okay. I was not pranked. <laughs> yep. It was my writing, but it was not for the purpose of the card. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> how much, do you know how much that card's worth, by the way? I don't know. Is it worth a lot? It
2: probably sells for around $10, bucks. i am sure. Hey, yes, that's, that's not that's bad, right. man.
0: That's better than my rookie card. It's like in my Little League.
1: <laughs> yep. In my Little League photo, the kid down on his knees in the front, our catcher, was flipping the bird. Nobody Billy
0: caught Martin, it. Billy Martin did that, by the way, Bill. In his 1972 Tigers manager card, he flipped the bird.
2: See, and I guarantee that the guy in that little photo that you were talking about and Billy Martin, they did it on purpose. Yes, Yes, they did. Yes, Yes, they they did. did. Well,
0: the book is state of play, (laughs) and uh, Bill, you're just great on MLB Network. You are great with us. Thanks so much, man. All right, guys. Have a good
1: day. All All right, so long.